Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circus Podcast. I am Rooster here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Pretty good. I am shoving food into my face as we speak because uh, I was coaching a baseball game tonight. Now I'm back and had to feed the kids and get a recording in. Yeah, so, life, life, man. Yeah, life. life. What do they say? Life is what happens to you while you made other plans. Yep. So... Yeah, I always thought the older I got, the less busy I would be. Mm. Well, I mean, when you get to be Biden's age, maybe. You know, he doesn't get up till the crack of, what, noon? I think he gets up at 10 a.m., and then he's in bed by 4. That's his window. <laughs> That's his by window. the way, do you know the comedian Kyle, Kyle Dunnigan? Uh, I've heard the name. He does these like face swap sort of uh, videos. He used to do them on Instagram, but now he put them on YouTube. And he's got the fresh prez of DC. <laughs> they are hilarious. Huh. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Yeah, it's it's very funny. He does uh, he does this perfect Bill Maher impression too. I mean, perfect. He's got the even sounds like him. You know, it's. It's one thing when you can impersonate someone and get the, all the inflection and all that, but he really, he gets the whole thing, the voice and all that. And the funny thing is he was on Rogan's podcast at one point and uh, uh, he did the impersonation and then Mar was on it later. And uh, Joe Rogan goes, what do you think about his impersonation? He's like, meh, it's not right. It's not very good. <laughs> I don't sound like that. It's like, dude, you sound exactly like that. So <laughs> anyway, the fresh prez of DC, there's like 12 episodes of it. They're hilarious. Okay. So anyway, you have some topics for us, yeah. but before we do that, I have a question for you. Sure. Oh, well, a couple questions. Do you consider yourself claustrophobic? Um, I don't know if I'm actually claustrophobic, but I have a, you know, probably a healthy, um, fear of, deadly confined spaces <laughs> like being buried alive well i mean i wouldn't go spelunking where you have to like wiggle through little um little crevices and and you know uh in, in within a couple hours the tide's gonna roll in i i don't think i'd do that and you know fill the cave you're in that kind of thing where you have to like really hustle yeah i think i have the same thing i don't mind being in small spaces i don't like them with another element involved like uh, if there's water around it or if it's underground or, or if there's a lot of people in that small space kind of thing. Yeah. I can imagine I if I was in that submarine that, uh, that went missing or in outer space in a spaceship, I think I would probably do a little freak out session. I, I don't, well, I don't, that's I don't where I was going to go yeah, with this. I don't think I'd handle that very well. How much money would it take to get you to do the, um, dive down to the Titanic in the minibus size submarine? Um, after seeing how, how it was put together, uh, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think I'd take any money for that. My life is worth more. I think the only thing that would make me do it was first of all, like a lot of money, like life changing money, like 5 million plus kind of money. Um, or two and a half if the government doesn't soak you for taxes. Hmm. Um, but, uh, that, and it would have to be like the Navy was doing it. You know, yeah, that uh, because know. they'd be like, "Shit, if we lose our stuff, we gotta, we gotta get it." Yep. There's yeah. no amount of money, no amount. I'm serious, like not even a billion dollars. Would I go down in some private company's submersible? Exper two experimental miles submersible. What's that? Experimental submersible. Yeah. The first two one miles. Two miles. Yeah, and then well, they. Yeah. Did you see the, the video where they were interviewing the guy, the reporter actually got to go do it and he, um, signed away his life, basically the contract. And then he was, no. talking, yeah, he's like, he's read the contract saying, you know, you know, you could die and blah, blah, we don't, we aren't responsible, blah, blah, blah. And he signed it away. And then talking to the owner and he's like, uh, 
owner operator and he's like, yeah, we, we get some out of the box parts here. These, these, the cameras we got off the of camera.com or something like that. And then, and then this is what controls the sub. And he showed him it's a Logitech controller. Now, if anybody knows what a Logitech controller is for a video game system, it's a hunk of shit. It's a, it's yeah. A, you like buy one at target for like twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> they're known for losing their connection while you're playing. So I don't know if well, that's good. A, I don't know if it was a wired Logitech controller. I would hope so, but if it's wireless, I mean, hopefully they had a backup in there. <laughs> yeah, watch and there's like no batteries. <laughs> so they're like they down to, at 12,000 feet below sea level and uh and the guy's like seeing the low battery thing go off and he's like, "Oh shit." Yeah, and it's the battery that came with it, like the uh, generic battery thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. They forgot to switch it out after they bought it. Yeah. Or they, uh, or they had a spare and they couldn't figure out why it wouldn't work. And it's because they didn't pull that little plastic tab out, you know, (laughs) on the new stuff. You got to pull the little battery tag. Yeah. 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 So their backup was kind of, yeah, it's a, it's scary. I mean, I was just thinking about it and yeah, it's, I don't think I used to be, I I never was a thrill seeker, but I would, (laughs) I would take chances, you know, just like anybody, um, but this one, this one's just something that, uh, I don't know. You have to, you have to be a special kind of crazy to do that. I mean, or just like uh, be able to like compartmentalize and deny, you know, your fear or something. And just like, I, I don't know how you can get yourself to go in there. It'd be like, um, I'm afraid of heights and, mm-hmm. uh, I can go like on the roof of a house. I'm fine. You know, like one story and even like, you know, maybe even a two story building, I can go to the edge and be okay. But once you get to the, like the third story, I tried to do some painting once in my, once upon a time. And, um, they had a huge ladder. And, uh, once you got up a path past the second set of windows on the building, mm-hmm. uh, I froze up. I, I mean, I had to, like a death grip on the ladder. I, I'm, I almost couldn't let go of the rungs to get myself to go down the ladder once I got up there. So, uh, yeah, I can imagine if I, if I tried to do some skydiving or something and they have you hold on to the the little rope before you go. I don't think I'd be able to let go of that rope. I went rappelling one time. And if you've never done it before, we're on the top of this, uh, Rocky cliff and you have to, you basically have to sit down. So you're, it's like you're sitting on the ground with your legs out in front of you, except there's no ground underneath you. So what's holding you up is the tension between the brake hand you're using and the rope braced against your legs on the on the wall and you have to sort of lower yourself into that position well i have a fear of heights it's not extreme but it's sort of like yours i get up above 30 feet i start getting a little queasy and here i'm i finally sort of settle in this position and the rope was going through this big iron ring that was attached to another iron ring and as i just settle into this spot the one top ring flips over and lets about six inches of rope out. Mm. And, uh, I swear to God for about a half a second there, I think I could fly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wasn't touching anything and Oof. I was like not going anywhere. So yeah, it scared the shit out of me. Well, the, the latest on this story, <clears throat> if anybody hasn't heard of it, they, they will have by the time we post this, um, is that it went missing about an hour and a half into their dive to, to, look at the Titanic and uh, it was enough for, I think it was like five passengers, like the pilot and then five other people, I believe. I think that's all they can find uh-huh. there. And uh, they lost contact with it after an hour and a half. And um, that's pretty catastrophic at that point, because if there's, if there's no communication, that's indicates they're either, either imploded, had a, had a leak and just catastrophically imploded or they lost all their power. And either way, that's, you know, once they get, if they keep dropping, there's really not many people that can reach them. So, uh, here's the latest news is the search for the missing Titanic sub yields noises for the second day. U.S. Coast Guard says so they're hearing banging. Um, um, and that's one of the ways that a distress, you know, you can hear distress calls with sonar or whatever, and they would know that. So crews searching for the sub that went missing while taking five people to the wreckage of the Titanic continued to hear noises Wednesday and were actively searching the area, the U.S. Coast Guard said. Overnight, the agency said a Canadian search plane detected noises underwater in the search area Tuesday. Crews were focused on finding the origin of the sounds. Coast Guard Captain Jamie Frederick said a plane heard the noises Wednesday morning as well. 
With respect to the noises specifically, we don't know what they are, to be frank with you, Frederick said at a briefing Wednesday. We're searching the area where the noises were detected. Um, and that's pretty much, uh, they're, they're down to the limit of air, I believe, at this point. Like, if they don't find them within the next, you know, half half a day, it's pretty much over. <laughs> if, if they are alive still at this point. So it's pretty, uh, pretty, well, pretty intense. What I had heard was that what they listened for with the banging is that it's rhythmic and mechanical and <clears throat> repeated on a, so like they'll, if every they hear banging, they're so. like, yeah, every half hour and it's the same amount of beats. And yeah, um, but they said, you know, you know, yes, we want to be optimistic and blah, blah, blah. But, but they're also saying, you know, even if we find them at this point, it's going to be a chore to get them up here. I mean, again, they're two miles down in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, that, and, and they can't just open it down there. They have to drag the whole thing up and unbolt the thing. Uh, I don't, I don't know. So, yeah. and then there's, of course, there's people celebrating that these rich people are, you know, rich people doing rich things, playing stupid games, winning stupid prizes they're saying. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't look at it quite that way. Yeah. I'm not really. I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with the, uh, with the concept of schadenfreude, you know, seeing bad things happen to people sometimes, as long as they're not like really bad. I mean, somebody dying like that, I'm just like, I don't know. Well, and I don't have any, I mean, I don't like, I don't like Joe Biden. I don't like Nancy Pelosi. I don't like people like that. But I mean, the last thing I want to see is, you know, them, them die horribly in something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, even someone I consider evil, um, it would, they would have to be a special breed of evil for me to enjoy seeing them, you know, brutally killed, <laughs> you know, like if it's just like that, uh, you know, uh, selfish evil, you know, uh, the, the not actively murdering people evil, then, mm-hmm. then if they get brutally murdered themselves, it'd probably be like, ugh, yeah, I don't need to see that. But if it's somebody who, who really deserves it, yeah, I'd probably get that shot in front. I'd probably be like, yep, show me about 10 more times. Well, show me when I'm in a bad mood. It'll put me in a good mood. So, which is all the time for you. Oh, yeah, in bad mood. yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, it's it's weird. I don't know anything about the people other than the it's a uh, what a Pakistan a rich Pakistani guy and his son, um, and then yeah. uh, the Titanic expert, uh, the CEO. I think he was doing the guide, and then there's someone else. I can't remember who. I the think it's the was. pilot. Okay. So yeah, I have a coworker that uh, that was like he was, um, he was really into the story, and he was like, ah, "There's fucking rich people," and I'm like, Ugh. "Yeah, well, I mean, I feel bad for him, but again, <clears throat> it's nothing you'd catch me doing. No way. Even if I had money happen. to blow, it's like scaling Mount Everest. I don't care what kind of shape I was in, what kind of guides I had. It's like, nope, don't need to do it. Thanks." Have you seen recently any photos? It's like a conveyor line of people that they take up to the top. Basically, the Sherpas have it all laid out in the base camps and all that. And then if you look at the camera, they like get the people up to the top. They let them touch it and they hustle them back, you know, out of the way so the next person can touch the top. It's like nothing like it used to be. Well, yeah, there's a spot that's got like a ladder um, mounted to this and you climb up and they basically people go up there one at a time. But you know, you make it sound like, oh, they just line up and they walk up there, which is sort of true, except there's one point in this line where it's basically a 5,000 foot drop on either side of you. Mm. And people are fighting a lot of times the sort of oxygen delirium or whatever it is. And, you know, they've had people up there that they've lost because they suddenly are like feeling like they're uh, overheating. So they just start stripping all their protective clothing off and, you know, stuff like that and just walk off the edge kind of thing. And yeah, I was reading an article about a guy who um, was going up there and a guy in front of him just sat down on the edge of this huge drop. I mean, it's multiple thousands of feet down and he sits on the edge of it and he unzips his coat and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's like, we got to do something. And this guy just looks at him and goes, Nope, he's too far gone. Hmm. He's like, you can't, you can't save him. It's not like you can carry him back down. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's a lot like that. Well, here's another article about the, um, about the sub, uh, 
in from Boston, a veteran explorer, Josh Gates, who hosts the TV series investigating myths and legends around the world, revealed Wednesday on Twitter that the missing Ocean Gate sub did not perform well when he went on a dive aboard the vessel himself. The 21-foot uh, deep-sea submersible had vanished yesterday morning during the attempt to reach the shipwrecked Titanic. Um, Gates, who hosts Ex- Expedition Unknown on Discovery, had gone with Stockton Rush, the Ocean Gate CEO, who is now among five missing, along with the Titan sub, on a test dive before the vehicle's first visit to the Titanic site. So this guy went on a test uh, dive... Yeah, I've heard of this expedition unknown. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so he wrote that he missed a chance to see the wreck himself due to fears about Ocean Gate's actual capabilities. Concerns ec- echoed in a 2018 lawsuit brought by a former employee who claimed he'd been wrongfully fired for blowing the whistle on the vehicle's maximum range himself. To those asking, Titan did not perform well on my dive, Gates wrote. Ultimately, I walked away from a huge opportunity opportunity to film Titanic due to my safety concerns with the Ocean Gate plat- platform. Uh, 2018 former Ocean Gate employee David Lockridge refused to greenlight manned tests of the submersible according to the lawsuit. The Washington-based company later sued him for disclosing confidential information and he filed a counterclaim. It was settled out of court and Gates made a cryptic comment that they were more flawed with the, with the vessel than publicly known. Yeah, I mean I mean it's experimental. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you get with that kind of thing. So you're, you know what you're doing. I mean, it's like those people that take those, um, those kits and they make those, uh, those fan gliders, you know, they look like they have a huge, like a huge fan in the back and then they have like a parasail yeah. on the top and they go, I mean, those things look super cool. I actually had one fly over my backyard once and, uh, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it was like, you know, one of these guys on a little, it's like a go-kart with a, with a parachute on it and a fan in the back. And, uh, those things are fucking dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I've, I know a guy who, uh, I went to high school with who does that and, um, they're relatively safe. If you, if you do it in the right weather, I mean, if you get a gust of wind that fucks with you, you're, you're upside down and you're done. Uh, yeah. I mean, you gotta be up there a ways to sort of get out of control on that, but you'd need a pretty catastrophic failure, but still not something I think I want to do. Yeah. So anyway, we got too far off on this topic me just asking you how much money it would take but um so why don't we uh circle back around to some politics here and okay you said you got a couple uh a well, couple of topics we should probably talk about the plea deal for hunter biden oh my god yeah okay so here's what i understand of it hunter biden got to uh basically plead uh, a couple of, I think, gross misdemeanors, which yeah. aren't, they aren't terrible, but for not paying his taxes or filing for a couple of years, one or the other. Um, and you know, okay. If that happened to uh, you or I, we probably wouldn't go to jail. We'd probably pay some really hefty fines. Although there are some people who've gone to jail for that, like Wesley Snipes. Now that tends to be like multiple millions of dollars. He didn't pay. I don't think Hunter's talking about that kind of money, although it is significant. But what everybody's really griping about is that he filled out uh, federal firearms paperwork saying he was not, when he filed for his uh, conceal and carry, that he was not addicted to any uh, substances, which he has, I mean, his laptop has turned over photographic evidence that he was yeah. at the time. Well, he even admitted it. I mean, he's, he admitted he <clears throat> was yeah, a drug and disposed addict. Yeah, and disposed of it by throwing it in a dumpster across from a, uh, an elementary school that his, uh, his brother's wife, his deceased brother's wife, went and picked up and the Secret Service covered for. Yeah. So if you or I lie on one of those forms, we're going to jail. And not jail like, uh, like they say in office space, federal pound you in the ass kind of prison. Yep. You know, um, and there's now, um, and I can't name a rapper after 1995, but uh, there's one who is in jail apparently for this kind of offense, serving multiple years, and his attorney is now saying, uh, wait a second, you know, hold on a minute. And they're going to say, well, this is the two-tiered justice system because yep. of race. What well, is a two-tiered oh, justice system? Because, of, because of, 
it's because of political friends and involvement and stuff. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, he basically is ditching a huge crime. And I mean, they said basically if he, uh, if he behaves, then they won't have an issue, you know? Uh, it's it's like a stay of prosecution or something like that. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's, so he he's, doesn't have to go to he doesn't have to go to trial as long as he's uh, stay keeps his nose clean. Yeah. Um, well, meanwhile, he's making a breaking in a ton ton of money on uh, on legal um, uh, money laundering with the fucking bullshit paintings he's doing. So yeah, selling, I don't know if he is print, anymore because I think the Chinese already bought enough of those things, okay. but. Uh, well, I mean, there's so much to go after him on, and uh, to have the, the this uh, quote is pretty annoying. Um, so the court documents made public Tuesday show that he, uh, Hunter Biden, faced a uh, charge related to possessing a gun while being a drug user. And uh, firearm charge will be the subject of pretrial diversion agreement, which means he'll that uh, Biden's team cut a deal, will likely not see prison time for the gun charge. So here's a quote. Um, With the announcement of... The two agreements between my client, Hunter Biden, and the United States Attorney's Office for District of Delaware, it is my understanding that the five-year investigation into Hunter is resolved. Chris Clark, Hunter's lawyer, told CNBC in a statement, Hunter will take responsibility for the two instances of misdemeanor failure to file tax payments while when due pursuant to a plea agreement. Uh, so, I mean, five-year investigation with a, with a little slap on the wrist, uh, it, it's just... Um, how can you not say there's a, t- a two-tiered justice system here? You know, that's that's disgusting. Yeah, I no, hundred percent agree. And the thing so. is, the Republicans are saying, "Oh, this is a slap on the wrist." It's like, yeah, but I mean, unless you do something about it, you're it's the same old, same old with Republicans. It's like these dang Democrats—they're just flaunting the laws, and we, we can't have it. And we're gonna we're gonna have a committee hearing, and it's like nothing comes of it ever. And I'm like, yeah, you guys, you guys talk a good game, and maybe you can't do anything, but uh, you know, I, I I'm losing all kinds of faith in you know whenever you talk a good game, and then nothing comes of it. Just like um, uh, the the Wuhan uh, lab leak, we found out, we come to find out that it actually really did start with uh, the Wuhan lab with a guy named Who. And he was like patient zero, two other, two other, um, scientists or workers there. And, uh, three months ago, Congress, um, you know, put forward a bill saying that they were going to declass that, you know, we need to declassify all the information on the, uh, investigation into the lab leak and Biden signed that. And so there was a 90 days that they had to declassify everything. Well, 90, 90 days just went by and we, we don't have everything yet. And, uh, what's come of that? Well, there's no, there's no follow through because there's no, there, there's nothing written down. Like what if they don't give that information? Cause there's no penalty for not giving that information. So it's just like, yeah, what they do is they play the long game. They, they, they just hope for people to kind of forget and passions to simmer and then to move on to the next scandal. Well, because they will. And yeah, again, that's, that's that, I've that mentioned works. this before. That's where the name of this podcast comes from. It is, you know, the whole line about give them bread and circuses and you can distract them. People think, you know, these things are big deals and then they come along with something else bright and shiny. And, yeah, you know, I mean, this if you go back and look at the the uh, coincidences of things like this that happen, um you know, or uh, bad news that comes out about their opponents whenever something comes up about Joe. They they will just, the Democrats will just throw these things out. And the Republicans, to a degree, will do it as well. But, uh, you know, if there's something that looks scandalous, they will, they'll turn around and go, oh, hey, look at this over here. And people have to learn to not be distracted by this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I get frustrated. I've said this many times before, but my, my disillusion with it, with the American justice system started back when the tea party was in full force. And the, um, that was during the Bush presidency, wasn't it? The first, the second Bush presidency tea party. And, uh, come to find out that the IRS was weaponized against them trying to like harass and, and, and uh, target them to keep them um, from having any kind of uh, influence in elections. 
And so uh, Lois Lerner, who was in charge of the um, what, IRS, um, would go after these, uh, I, what are they, I can't remember the term for them, but, uh, you know, non- 501 c 501c3s, yeah. And, uh, and she would go after these people that are starting these 5133Cs that were political campaigns, basically. But they weren't affiliated with any, any, any particular um, candidate. Um, but they had a political message and the tax party's message was, Hey, stop spending your fucking money tax money. <laughs> you know? And, uh, the, the Democrats did not like that. So they weapon, you know, the, 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 their cronies in the deep state were, uh, were more than happy to, you know, uh, do what they could to silence the, uh, the, the, you know, the grassroots, the people. And, uh, the stuff they did was they tried to destroy people's businesses, try to destroy their lives. Every time they tried, you know, these people tried to get political or tried to get, make their voices heard and, and start these 501 C 501 C's C threes. Sorry. And, uh, so it came to find out that yes, it actually happened. Yes. There's a paper trail. Yes. There's proof. Lois Lerner, uh, did tell her subordinates to target these people and, and, uh, and it was, um, disproportionately like m- almost 90%, um, you know, right, you know, conservatives and Republicans that were targeted with a couple liberals thrown in there just for fun. But, um, uh, what happened to her golden, golden retirement, you know, she, she, nothing, nothing, no charges, nothing. And she retired with the, you know, fat stacks, I'm sure. So, uh, that's where I was like, uh, really? I mean, she, they, they had all the proof of it. And then next, then the other big one that really made me go, all right, I'm all done was, uh, was Hillary Clinton. You know, when Comey, Comey came out and said, uh, when he, when he used the phrase, uh, instead of gross negligence, negligence in what she was doing, which is criminal gross negligence. Yeah. He used the, the, what's the phrase he used? Um, uh, God, it's right at the top tip of my tongue. Uh, he, he just used two different words that actually mean gross negligence, but they weren't technically gross negligence. You know, they weren't the legal definition of gross negligence. It was like, uh, it was like extreme carelessness is what he said. I think. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So she go, he goes, uh, she, she acted with extreme carelessness. And the reason he chose those words is because there's no legal recourse for that. Yeah. It was Peter Strzok who wrote that out for him. And that's, that's where I go. You're fucking kidding me. Extreme carelessness is gross negligence. It's just the, it's just another definition of it. Well, it never surprised me that Hillary didn't go to jail for that because, you know, in anything, if you reach a certain status, you know, nothing bad's going to happen to you. I mean, look at, look at professional athletes for the most part, you know, they can get coked up and crash their car into something and kill somebody. And, you know, uh, they don't go to jail. Yeah. You know what I mean? You see it with, uh, you know, movie stars and stuff like that all the time. So if you reach, well, I'm OJ Simpson. Come on. Yeah. Everybody knows he murdered his wife and that, uh, Ron Goldman guy. Everybody knows it. Now he's been proven innocent. I'm using uh, air quotes here in a court of law, but I still think that's because a jury said they really were like, that's the guy from naked gun movies. He didn't kill his wife. You know, they were looking for, give me a reason to not pronounce him guilty. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So I don't know. I think, uh, um, anybody reaches some certain status. I didn't really think Hillary was gonna, was going to go to jail, but it did shock me that it was so easy for her to run for president after that. too. I didn't think she was going to go to jail either. But once uh, Comey came out and gave that press conference and laid out all the evidence against her, and you're like, "Holy shit! This sounds like she's going to get charged." It sounds, you know, because it was like there's no, this is all fucking criminal shit he's describing. And then he ended by saying it was, uh, but we don't have any, 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 um, uh, what is it? Not indication, but any expectation that uh, she would get um, convicted. So we aren't going to file, you know, not going to not bring up charges. I'm like, uh, after all that. So actually, I was yeah. getting my hopes up during the press conference. I'm, I was sitting there going, "Holy shit, this sounds terrible." It sounds like he's going to actually do it. And then he, then he did the switcheroo at the end. I was like, "Oh, oh wow." <laughs> well, you know what? What does give me hope? I'll play my usual optimist role in this. Is uh, Christopher Ray of the FBI? You know when he said, uh, and Jim Jordan does a great job of laying this stuff out. He's like, oh, first there wasn't a document. It's like, oh, well, then there's a document, but it's classified. Oh, well, it's a document, and it's not classified, but we can't show it to you. 
uh, because there are sources and methods. Okay, well, it's not classified. It is there, and there aren't sources and methods, but we really just don't think it would be a good idea. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, he, he did that with the Hunter Biden laptop. He's like, nope, it's not his laptop. Okay, it's his, but the guy stole it. Okay, the guy didn't steal it, He, you know, uh, but there's nothing on it. Okay, look, there's stuff on it, but the president didn't know about it. All right, he knew about it, but it's not criminal. All right, he knew about it, and it was criminal, but he didn't do it. Right. You know, I mean, that's really how yeah. it works. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, you know, so I... I think when it comes to Christopher Ray and this document from that's allegedly from a very good FBI informant, a reliable one of like 10 years saying, yeah, Biden's doing all this money laundering and all this stuff. You know, Christopher Ray said, yeah, um, OK, it's there. It's not classified and we're not going to show it to you. I dare you to uh, hold me in contempt or whatever. And to Kevin McCarthy's credit. And I'm not sure what to think of him yet because I'm trying to decide if he's a Mitch McConnell, uh, um, Mitt Romney, and to some degree, I'll admit it, even a Dan Crenshaw sometimes. <laughs> um, although I, I had one uh, saving grace for Dan Crenshaw recently. Um, or if he's going to be uh, like a Chip Roy or somebody like that or, uh, you know, a Ted Cruz or someone. Uh, who's really going to go after somebody. And he's leaning toward the ladder when they said, yeah, okay, well, we're going to hold you in contempt and uh, we're going to charge you. And suddenly Ray's got the, uh, he's got the uh, document, but he's not going to have it for public release. He's going to show everybody on the, on the committee yeah. and they're sworn to secrecy, but you know, that's not going to work. They're, it's going to get out. Yeah. I, I think the whole Biden thing is starting to collapse. I think that's why they hurried to get the Hunter thing taken care of. And I don't think that's going to help them because everybody knows uh, they overplayed their hand. To, uh, I mean, if if Hunter had gone to jail, they would have had a better case to say, look, you know, bad things happen to people who do bad things. But instead to just be like, and nothing happens. Yeah. When there's pictures of him smacking, uh, smacking prostitutes on the ass while he's doing lines of coke off their butts. And I mean, that. And I wish I was making that up, but that stuff's like on his laptop, yeah. you know, um, along with even creepier shit. Yeah. I mean, just all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, you know, I always said like with Michael Jackson, even before they proved all this stuff, it was like when you sleep in a hyperbaric chamber, you have a playground in, or a, a Ferris wheel in your backyard and your best friend is a chimpanzee. Uh, it's really easy to believe you did win kids. Yeah. It, it's just, you're too weird, dude. Yep. You know, it's yep. really easy for people to be. Whereas if you went like, well, Denzel Washington's a child molester, people would be like, uh, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> seems like a good guy. He's never doing anything weird. Yeah. So, well, Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, Cosby, that, that whole thing's weird. Yeah. I just, anyway. So, but, well, I think, uh, I do think they have overplayed their hands to make this stuff too easy and that's one of those things where i keep saying it every time the left makes a stupid mistake and they get called on it they just double down just like the bud light thing with uh you know dylan mulvaney and then they go off and they uh sponsor a, a gay pride parade in cincinnati i mean it's like they just go no we'll be fine it'll be okay did you hear um that? Speaking of that, did you hear Minneapolis Gay Bar dropped Anheuser-Busch products because they're butthurt about the fact that Anheuser-Busch isn't backing? Uh, oh, you went with the butthurt comment. You had to do it. <laughs> the queers? Pun intended, yeah, huh? The, uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, what do you call it? The um, sexually deviant community, which is what I've started calling them. <laughs> we're, not okay. doing, we're not doing the acronyms. We're not doing the LGBTQ anymore. We're just doing sexually deviant. Um, well, Buck Sexton said the other day, we've got to stop with the LGBTQIA plus stuff. He goes, the whole point of an, ac an, uh, of an acronym is that it makes it, hard, it, makes it easier yeah. to say. He goes, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Internal Revenue Service, yeah. FBI, IRS. Now, I can't say, he can't, you can't be like uh, the LGBTQIA plus community. Because it takes longer to say than, you know. I don't know why they didn't just go with the queer community. Do you, uh, well, because you, then the queers are offended. 
because you know all the other people aren't included. But I thought and queer then the was bi- a, I thought a bisexuals queer was will say, well, the bisexuals will say, well, I'm not queer. You know, I, queer is how you identify. It's not a gender. Blah blah blah. Okay. It's just. It, well, yeah, if they if they don't want to be super offended, I guess they could go with uh, uh, um, sexually divergent. I guess you know. Does that sound a little bit nicer? Well, but see, if you say that, then you're suggesting there's a normal, and saying there's a normal. Well, that's hate speech. Okay. See, you can't win. There was, uh, I think it was Candace Owens, who was like, uh, maybe it wasn't her. There was a video on on why the left will never why these movements will never work. And it was like one of their big gatherings or something. And, you know, they had this mic up at the front and the guy comes up there and he says, um, yeah, uh, I'm Steve. So-and-so, uh, pronouns he, him. Um, I mentioned earlier that some of us with, you know, auditory (laughs) sensitivities have a problem with all the whispering that's going on in these little groups, you know, and then someone else will get up there and be like, somebody's using a cologne that sets off my allergies. And it was <laughs> it's like, because they can't agree on anything. Yeah. You know, that's why they'll never get anywhere. And we're just, we're catering to all these little groups instead of just saying, fuck you, I don't care if you're offended. But now, now, now not only are the conservatives boycotting, uh, you know, the Budweiser, now all the uh, gays are doing it too because they're, they're feeling that uh, they didn't fight Which is just further proof you can't, you can't win when you go political with this stuff. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about capitalism. One of the many things capitalism is not political. It isn't, it, it is indiscriminate of political party and, uh, people mix politics and capitalism. It's just not a good idea. No, then you, know? you get all these, uh, woke companies then that get infested with these, uh, with these ideologues instead of trying to make a buck, a buck trying to make profit. They're trying to, you know, peddle their, their message, peddle Marxism, basically by, by infiltrating a company, you know, that uh, a company that made money based on good practices and having a good product. And they, these fuckers that can't make a good product and don't know how to uh, influence people other than coming in like a fucking cancer and spreading from within and hiring more of their own people and just, you know, metastasizing within the company until it destroys itself. Well, given that we live in Minnesota, I have several friends who work at Target um, in various departments, and I asked them, how's it going over there? And they're like, you know, it's fine, but there's two groups of people, the people who don't care and the people who care way too much. And they said the care and way too much group is really small, but it's really loud, and everyone's worried about offending them. And they're like, so we all have to walk on pins and needles trying not to offend these people, you know? And they said, it doesn't make for a challenging work environment. It just makes for an annoying one. Well, what's, what's really annoying is that when they report on target here, uh, they immediately said, well, you know, we had to move our, our, uh, sexually divergent material, uh, from the front of the store to the back, um, because of all the threats our employees were getting and, and customers were getting from, from the, the anti, uh, anti queer folk, uh, brigade that was just like, you know, threatening everyone, like, which is bullshit that didn't happen. And then turns out the only people that actively threatened target were the trans people that were like, like giving like bomb threats and shit because they were upset that target wasn't pushing back hard enough, just like, you know, in either Bush with the gay bars. So, you know, the, the messaging, the, the media messaging is, is another frustration. It's like, is that ever going to fucking change? You know, no, probably not. I mean, they're bought and paid for. So, yeah, but they are failing. I I get that. So eventually these secondary voices like Tucker and, you know, um, other people will, and, and even Elon Musk, uh, uh, will have more voice, more platform and Twitter. Like, uh, YouTube is, has just recently banned, uh, daily wire almost all their shows and but the thing is if twitter keeps going the way it's going that'll be a viable uh alternative to run videos on you know they right now they don't they don't have a method for uh for advert to making the content creators get pay for advertisement but they will if if you know elon keeps going oh no i'm i'm feeling very add today sorry but uh did you hear elon said put out a tweet saying that uh he now considers the term cisgendered um um hateful like hateful terms 
It is cisgendered is a hateful term. He, uh, he, I can't remember the exact quote, but he said he's adding it to the list of, of, uh, harassing hateful terms. Now he's not banning people for using it, the term cisgendered, but he's saying that it's, that it's a derogatory term. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, it, that's... it is. It is. It's funny because the, the left is, is just going, you know, of course they're going fucking crazy and, and pissy about it, but it's like, he's not banning people from using, it. he's just saying, Hey, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a, hate, it's a, um, uh, hateful term. So used by people to uh, disparage others. So, and he also even brought up the fact that the term was invented by a German scientist who was a pedophile. So, really, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I don't know if he was d- d- exactly a pedophile, but he was a, an apologist. He, he wrote things about how beautiful, you know, whatever sexual stuff between children and adults were. So, I mean, I don't know if he was a practicing pedophile, but you know, doesn't matter. So. Yeah, I mean, you look back far enough, you find all sorts of weird stuff. I mean, Wonder Woman was invented by a guy who was really into like bondage and stuff. So yeah, that's why they had the whole lasso and you know, tying, getting tied. And he really liked the fact of getting her like tied up by her own lasso and stuff. You know, her lasso of truth or whatever. So well, that's why he put her in a little dominatrix outfit. Yeah, you know. Yep. But so. back to the ADD kicking in. Uh, I want to get to another story. Um, and this will lead to another local Minneapolis story, but it, it, well, I guess they're both Minneapolis, but we kind of dodged a bullet with, and this, I guess this is something that Republicans did, right? You know what? It was more Trump than the, well, it was Republicans when they, when they kind of blocked Merrick Garland from, from, uh, getting in the court, the Supreme court. That was a good thing. We did dodge a bullet with that. So sorry, you were cutting out there. What, what oh, was it? We dodged a bullet with uh, Merrick Garland not being on the Supreme court. Oh my God. Yes. So that I mean, was, he just would have been terrible. That was a very good thing. So there's a headline in alpha news. Police union says Biden's DOJ report condemns an entire agency based on anecdotes. So Federation president, uh, Sergeant Cheryl Schmidt outlined several flaws in the Biden department of justice investigation into Minneapolis police department. So, and you're going to, this, there's a term in here. And once you hear this term, you're going to laugh or maybe you'll cry or maybe you'll yell. I don't know. But uh, this is the uh, this is the article it goes while acknowledging that it, it can always strive to be better. The Police Officer Federation of Minneapolis criticized a recent U.S. Department of Justice report because it condemns an entire agency and its employees based on anecdotes. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland was in Minneapolis Friday to announce the findings of the federal government's pattern or practice investigation in the Minneapolis Police Department. And he goes, our review focused on MPD as a whole, not on the actions of any individual officer. We observed many MPD officers who did their work with professionalism, courage, and respect. But the patterns or practices we observed made what happened to George Floyd possible. Garland said at a press conference alongside city leaders such as Mayor Jacob Fry and Police Chief Brian O'Hara. The Department of Justice opened its investigation into the city and the police department on April 2021, a day after former police officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty of murdering George Floyd. In a 92-page report in civil investigation, the DOJ said it had reasonable cause to believe the city and its police department engage in a pattern or practice of conduct that deprives people of their rights under the Constitution and federal law. Now, this is where it gets really good. The report accuses MPD of using excessive force, including unjustified deadly force, unlawfully discriminating against Black and Native American people, violating the rights of people engaged in protected speech, and, and this is very important, discriminating against people with behavioral health disabilities. So sorry, discriminating against people that what people with behavioral health disabilities. (laughs) (laughs) That's where that's, that's the term I knew it would get you. It's so if you're a criminal asshole, you're a, you have, um, um, special privileges because you have a disability, you have behavioral health disabilities. So you're just like, just like any other person that has a, um, you know, spina bifida <laughs> or, <laughs> or, uh, what is it? Um, uh, a blind person, you know, you, you have special privileges based on that, I guess. Or like you has EMD excessive you, masturbation disorder. Oh, okay. I was trying to come up with something clever. You, I, <laughs> 
my brain's not doing it. But uh, explosive, yeah. com- explosive comatose diarrhea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's another term. There's another term for an asshole, and it's uh, uh, you have a, a a disorder called oppositional defiant disorder. <laughs> and it's basically just you're an asshole. So uh, I love it when they come up with these terms like behavioral health disabilities and oppositional defiance disorder to to excuse somebody's criminal, um, you know, you know, being a criminal asshole. You know. Well, I you know I don't know, and we were talking about this earlier today. If you look just strictly at statistics, okay, if you if you assume that, uh, what is it? Six percent of the population is black males, uh, because black people are thirteen percent of the population. I could be off by one or two percent here, but and there's slightly more women than men, so we're talking six percent of the population roughly is black males. Um, and between the ages of like sixteen and fifty is another ballparking here 50% of that 6%. And then within that 16 to 55 or whatever, there's 20% of them that commit the crime. Most of the crime, you can start to say things like, well, you know, there's a racial disparity in how we, uh, how we prosecute crimes and blah, blah, all of that stuff. Um, But when it really comes down to it, you have such a small group of people committing such a disproportionate amount of crime that you, your brain starts to go to a place that says, are, are, is this small percentage of this small percentage of people just hyper violent or hyper criminal or, you know, you can try and dismiss it for a lot of factors, but in the end you just go, even with all that stuff, You've just got this small group of people that is just causing all these problems. Right. They're behaviorally disabled. And then they'll say, well, you're talking about these black people. It's like, no, let's just take the race out of it. You know, the only part we need the race for is to say they are this percentage of the population. You know, Why don't because we... if you had the same percentage of white people, okay, whatever the percentage of white males is in the country. And then you said 20% of this 50% is committing all these crimes. We would have a shit ton of crime. Instead, you know? of, instead of equating it to race, why don't we just call them um, gangster rap enthusiasts? Yeah, kind you know? of. Because then you can just take race out of it and you can just, you know, based on behavior and based on, you know, I, I don't know. It'd be like um, they try to uh, put, um, you know, um, limited government second pro second amendment people in the always put those, us in the uh uh you know terrorist basket say that you know we're, we're potential terrorists or or just because we're you know pro second amendment limited government so okay but that's uh not that's not racial because there's a lot of different races that have that attitude you know of limited government so um, yeah, I'm sure this um, the um, gangster rap enthusiasts enthusiasts probably do incorporate other races, you know, but it's probably like a percent, zero point zero percent of a percent. You know, where you've got, you know, you got the the wigger whitey, and then you've got the uh, the probably the cholos, you know, and that's you know that's about it. So cholos, isn't that that like uh, Hispanic dessert? You know, yeah, yeah, dip it. exactly. Yeah, it's with some cinnamon on it. <laughs> You never play this game. You're supposed to say, no, that's churros. I know. And then I I would say, no. I never never feed into the game. I know. (laughs) Churros is a Spanish word for donkey. And then you'd say, no, that's burros. And I'd be like, no, no, no. That's the, that's the Mexican food that's wrapped up. And you're like, those are burritos. You know, it's just like, I could do this forever. Yeah. I've I've never, I've never, uh, I've never gotten baited into that with you. Um, I do. It's disappointing because I'm really good at that game. <laughs> I do want to move on to one more story. I said that I was going to do well, one. Hang on, before you do that, that quick. Sure. Before you do that quick, I wanted to point out, you know, this is a, a year or so ago, or a couple years ago, in one of our episodes, I brought up this very controversial idea um, that I was recently talking to a friend about, um, and it was based off of this idea that there are a, there's a group of people. It's not necessarily you know, because they're black or Hispanic or minority, it's just, 
you know, like in Minnesota, I think they figured out once a few years ago that like 30 families are responsible for, you know, the, uh, the fraud in most of the fraud in the welfare system. I mean, it's like, it comes down to like 30 families. I asked my wife, I said, the school you work at, how many of the kids out of like 900 kids are a problem? She goes like eight, you know, but those eight kids are a problem every day for everybody, you know, kind of thing. And so I had brought up this idea about what if the government, and I was telling a friend of mine, a liberal friend of mine, this idea, sort of just as the devil's advocate sake for sake of argument sort of thing and said, you know, we talk about all these, you know, we don't like abortion as conservatives and they say, well, we won't help pay for the kids and blah, blah, blah. I said, what if we just said, we will offer, you know, these people a, a number, $25,000 or something like that to become sterilized. Just say, Hey, if you want the cash, you can be sterilized. And what was funny to me was this person was so offended by that idea, which I can see is controversial. And yes, there are many issues with that, but it's again, for sake of argument. And, but then that person is also fine with a child being able to say, well, I'm a different gender and basically self sterilize. Yeah. You know, or that, uh, you know, we say, well, we spend all these resources on abortions and stuff. What if we just gave that money to the people who are having all these kids? You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. And it's amazing to me that people can compartmentalize their thinking in such a way. Yeah. And there was listening to John Justice, this local radio station that we both listened to. He had a guy on. Laverne Turner, who has run for mayor in Minneapolis before a conservative black man. And he said, you can sit down with all these black people and say, and he just means black people because he's talking about his, the people he lives around in Minneapolis. Um, not that he thinks these black people are a problem. He's just saying, you know, they'll say, I don't like the way it's going. I don't like the leadership here, blah, 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 blah. And he says, that's awesome. Okay. How about we vote for Republicans? And they'll be like, eh. they, he goes, they'll hate the people that are running their city. They understand they're Democrats. They don't like them. They're screwing it up. And when he says, why don't you try somebody different? They just can't vote for a Republican. Yeah. Well, because they compartmentalize the thinking. And it's, it's amazing to me the, the rationale and lo, uh, logistic, the sort of mental gymnastics that people will go through to try and justify a completely illogical opinion. Um, so I want to get to my next story here. Uh, this is so leading off of the, uh, you know, the D- uh, D- DOJ Merrick Garland blaming the Minneapolis police force for being, uh, you know, um, uh, racist basically. And that's why we have so many problems because the racist police. So just recently in Minneapolis here, five women were killed by a, uh, by a reckless driver. That's the headline. Five young women oh, killed this, by this story makes me so mad uh, by a reckless driver in Minneapolis. So, um, you know, this, so that was before they identified the suspect. So, but they found out who that's who the, who it was that ran a stop sign and and slammed into a car and killed five uh, Somali women. Um, his name is uh, Derek John Thompson, son of former Democratic state rep John Thompson. And John Thompson is a real sack of shit. He's one of those guys that uh, if he was uh, fucking turned into red mist by uh, by being hit by a fucking bus or something, I'd laugh. I can't I can't stand <laughs> the fuck guy. So he's a real son of a bitch. Well, John Thompson rose to prominence being a friend, an activist, but a friend of Philando Castile the guy who was wrongfully shot by cops, I believe. Um, now, uh, yeah, we, we had a discussion about this too, where I think the guy, yeah, the guy I mean, was you high could, you... and he, and he made a move that he shouldn't have made. And the cop overreacted probably, but the cop was not, um, uh, you know, was not, um, completely at fault in this. It was, there right. But it was, it was probably not a guy who should have been a cop. Yeah. You know, it's pretty jumpy. And, but anyway, so John Thompson becomes, winds up, goes through all this and winds up being a um, representative for the area in Minneapolis. Uh, he has been accused of domestic abuse, of, uh, you know, threatening his wife or his wife or partner or whatever in front of their child. 
um, making some very lewd, uh, uh, gestures and comments with, uh, parts of his body that kids should not see. And, uh, you know, wound up getting busted by a cop for speeding and showing him his Wisconsin driver's license, you know, while he was a Minnesota representative and then accusing that cop, uh, having a driver's license from Wisconsin, basically you have to be a Wisconsin resident, but he was a Minnesota representative. And so, I mean, all this stuff, he went to, um, Robert, uh, or Bob, Bob Kroll, the former, uh, Minneapolis police union head or whatever. Uh, and his wife who's now who at the time I don't think was, but is now a reporter for alpha news. She used to be one for WCCL channel Four affiliate here. Yeah, showed up, showed up uh, outside their house with a, with a mob. Of yeah. People. With a mob of people yeah. and was talking about how he was going to burn the whole thing down because they had the grand wizard of the KKK there Be- and beating an effigy and burning an effigy of, of him and his wife. Or yeah. Just him. And then uh, later saying, I didn't realize that was his wife, not apologizing, just saying, I didn't realize it was yeah. her. I mean, threatening kids yeah, who were there, yeah, the kids that came out in the driveway, threatening them. And, uh, it, yeah. it was, it so was, accused yeah. this, accused this cop who pulled him over of racism showed up at a traffic incident. His daughter had threatened the cop, threatened the cops. I mean, just a piece of shit human being. Yeah. His with, son, with a piece of shit son was, was in California, ran a person down on a sidewalk, um, got a sentence of a minimum eight years in California prison when he was 22. And because he had 17 pounds of marijuana, and twenty thousand dollars in cash in his car, ran this person down, blah blah blah. Uh was out in less than three years, I think, for yeah. good behavior. Yeah. And now rented a car at Minneapolis St. Paul Airport, an escalade, where he gets the money to do that, I don't know, other than maybe selling drugs. A half an hour later, he blows past some uh uh um state patrol guy who didn't even have time to turn his lights on because they had said he was going at a hundred miles an hour on the off ramp right down into Minneapolis. They believe he was exiting so he wouldn't be chased because the cops don't chase in Minneapolis. Yep. And, uh, smashed into this. He ran a red um, light and, uh, smashed into a vehicle with, uh, five Somali girls, uh, age 16 to 20, I think who were 17 coming back from 20 coming back from a local mall, a Somali mall, um, having gotten henna tattoos for a wedding that was supposed to be held this weekend. Yeah. So, or that week last weekend, whenever it was. Um, and I guess I did not see it that the crash video from the DOT camera is pretty horrific. Like, like his escalate doesn't even really stop. And this car basically just, not literally explodes, but kind of disintegrates. And yeah, so they were um, all I've, five pro- pronounced dead at the scene. It must have been pretty catastrophic. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of a couple of friends of mine who watched the video and said, "Hey, it's pretty crazy." And I'm like, I really don't want to see. I'm not curious enough to watch the instant that five people died. Yeah, you know, I'm not. I mean, I've seen videos like that before, but it was more like the, Hey, we got to warn you. This is a graphic video while you're watching the news or something. I didn't go search it out. I really don't want to go search this out. I don't again, because regardless of what I may think, and I don't think that in the case of these girls in this car, but even if there were people in there, even if John, John Thompson was in that car, I would not be like, well, I want to see the moment that the guy died. No. Yeah. I just, I don't. Oh shit. I just watched it. Oh man. Okay. Is it pretty it's, bad? No, it's it's not graphic because it's just vehicle. You don't no, see. No, I bodies didn't expect it to be graphic. So I mean, there's a lot of sparks flying, that's for sure. Um, yeah, he just I mean, yeah, it's no wonder they died at the scene. It was just like that he didn't he didn't slow down at all. They had they had no chance. So um, well, I remember years ago, probably twenty years ago, and you can probably still look this clip up in Des Moines. Iowa, there was a clip of someone trying to get away from the cops in a pickup truck. And it was the dash cam video of the cop. And they blew through an intersection uh, around a car in front of them. I think, well, it might have even been a semi. And they couldn't see what was coming from the left. 
And as they went through this stoplight, another semi hit them straight on, mm. like right in the driver's side door. Yeah. And that car just, that truck just blew apart. Like, wow. and they said, yeah, these two suspects in this high speed chase died instantly. And I'm like, I can see why I, I would because, not want to be the responding, um, officers. Oh yeah. For I mean, that. just, it was like, I can't imagine that there were whole pieces that would be recognizable of that driver. I mean, you're talking like a semi hitting a car, brought a truck, a, a pickup truck, like a little Toyota two seater broadside on the driver's side door at like, I'll bet you 60 miles an hour. Oof. Yeah. And this is an Escalade going a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. So not as big, but much faster. Well, according to the police, uh, the Minnesota state trooper was positioned on I 35 North near 46th street observing. He observed a speeding vehicle around 10, 12 PM. The vehicle immediately exited the highway before a traffic stop could be initiated. So the guy flew past this trooper, probably saw the trooper, and decided I'm going to get off the the highway because they in residential areas these people know that that the uh, that the police can't chase them. They're, it's against their policy, and so the trooper probably was like, "Well, I can't just not do something." So he didn't put his sirens on on purpose because he's I'm not chasing this guy. I'm not making him, but I want to see where he goes. And when the trooper went after him, by the time the trooper even caught up to him, the accident, or the accident the murder had already happened. Um, the vehicular homicide had already happened, but you know, this guy, you know, he was sentenced to eight years in prison in 2020. Um, he, he, uh, was fleeing police when he hit a pedestrian and then fled on foot. So, and, and this is what it leads me to the, the problem I'm having here is that there's a change or a change.org petition out now signed by 8,000 people that, I think it was put out to someone close to one of the, one of the girls that was killed, um, saying that, the you know, basically blaming the police department for this. Well, I think it's going to come down to, you know, and I, I think we should, uh, do what you, we should use the Mississippi because that's probably the easiest way to do it. And we should just say, look, one political party, go live on one side and the other political party, go live on the other. Yeah. And I realize that will cause a lot of movement, turmoil, and all that stuff. But I want to do that, and then 20 years, just look at the difference between the two of them. Yeah. Because this stuff in these big cities, where they're defunding the police, and they want to blame the police on something like this, is just insane. Well, they, and, they, pe yeah. and reasonable people are moving away from those areas. Yeah, to, to sit there and go... Well, the police should never have chased this this man. They caused this crash because because police aren't supposed to chase him. And they they also said in the complaint or in the change the petition they said uh, that the police officer didn't have their sirens on, so nobody could be warned that uh, that this was happening. I'm like, well, you can't have it both fucking ways. Either you want well, the police to chase him, or you want them not to chase them. But the thing is, you can't just have people driving 100 miles per hour around the city and not have a care in the fucking world of getting uh, um, any kind of consequences other than fucking slamming into people, but they have to be able to get pulled over and, and, and uh, you know, thrown in jail for this kind of shit. Well, and don't get, get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not glad that I'm not glad that this happened by any means. I mean, five innocent people lost their lives. It's not good. Um, but one good thing that's going to come out of this is that Keith Ellison, the piece of shit um, attorney general that Minnesota has, uh, the lying sack of shit. Who Why are you such an his, Islamophobe? Yeah, who beats his wife. Um, that's that's alleged. Not even allegedly. It was, uh, I mean, there was a police report filed, I believe. Anyway, um, so that guy is going to be the guy who would have to prosecute that because he personally prosecuted the George Floyd thing, made a big deal out of it, played all the politics. He's going to get a lot of pressure from the Somali community, not only because he's the attorney general, not only because he's black, not only because he's Muslim, but because they think whitey should pay for this. Yeah. And he's going to know he's going to have enough evidence. He's going to have dash cam footage. He's going to have all that to realize there's no way in hell they can make that stick. But that's not going to stop them from wanting him to get whitey. 
Well, and and we know for a fact we you don't. This is indisputable that if it would was a Republican uh, uh, legislator that had a son that had blown through a stop sign, a white white guy, and had plowed into five Somalis, shit would be getting burned down right now. Shit would be getting looted and burned down. There'd yeah, be, probably there'd be, there'd be fucking outrage, and it would be uh, an excuse to just destroy the city all over again. Um, so, so the fact that it was a black representative's black son that ran into black girls, um, and they're blaming the police because the police are, you know, what white supremacists, you know, it's a system no, because of the police su- are white, the, the system, no, the even, system of white supremacy. So, so it'll be even funnier whitey the, for, for a crime with black, a black man running into black girls. You have to somehow blame whitey for it. Well, won't it be even funnier if it turns out that the highway patrolman is black? I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, and, and it wouldn't matter to them because they go, it still, it still means it's a system of white supremacy that caused this. It's a colonial system of white supremacy and we need to burn it all down. It's basically just Marxism one-on-one. Well, like I said, people are going to move away from areas like that and other people will move into them. And, you know, sooner or later, we're just going to get to see how this social experiment spins out. Yeah. Well, we are way over time here. I, I wanted to make a short one here, but uh, that didn't happen. It never happens. There's too much to talk about. I even have another story I wanted to talk about, but we can't. Real quick, we'll just we'll just mention it. We won't get into it. But uh, a family-friendly Hopkins Pride celebration featured a porno- pornographic uh, drag performer. So, isn't that great? Well, look, um, I, I just want to say up front, I was getting paid for that. So, <laughs> the money was good. I mean, I won't, I won't, uh, take a submarine down, you know, uh, two miles down under the earth, but, or under the water. But, uh, you know, I mean, if the money's good enough, I'll okay. throw on the leather chaps. And, okay. And, uh, and flaunt in front of children. Okay. Okay. I see. <laughs> yeah. Just no butt plugs. Yeah. Sorry. So, well, yeah, we, we're not going to get into this, but I could, there's a whole lot to say about this. So there's also the the tranny that uh, went topless uh, at the uh, Biden's uh, at the white house when Biden did his, uh, his uh, gay pride, you know, um, speech. Yeah. Which uh, the white house has condemned, you know, I mean, in the harshest possible language. Well, you know, at least, at least God saved the queen. Uh, At least what? God saved the queen. <laughs> I if that's not a sign of dementia, I don't know what the hell he's well, talking. You know, about. he was just thinking of uh, drag queens, and he wants to save the drag queens. God save the yeah, queen. that's true. God save the drag queen. So, <laughs> all right. On that note, we better get 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 wrapped up here. All right. Well, if you need to get a hold of us, or you'd like to get a hold of us, or if you're just thinking, hey, what would be a great way to get a hold of these guys? Uh, it would be Facebook, Bread and Circuses Podcast. That is the best place. Facebook. Bread and Circus podcast. And eventually Twitter. We keep saying that, but eventually. Right? Sure. Okay. See you, bye.